0: An arrest is made in the case of a man missing for three and a half years. A Fort Bragg paratrooper charged in an attack in Texas five years ago involving a 16-year-old girl. And we'll have updates to some of the stories we've discussed in recent episodes. Those stories and more on Crime Time on FayObserver.com featuring Fayetteville Observer police and crime reporter Nancy McCleary. I'm Sonny Jones. On the podcast, we'll look at issues involving crime, courts, and public safety, highlighting stories in the news and hearing from those involved, and a reminder anyone we discuss who has been charged with a crime is presumed innocent until found guilty in a court of law. Let's get started. James Allen Chambers II left work and went to run some errands on August 15, 2014. He's never been seen since. To our knowledge, his body has never been found. But on Monday, February 12, there was a break in the case and an arrest. 24-year-old Howard Ashleman of Wade was arrested in Randolph County and charged with first-degree murder and robbery with a dangerous weapon nancy tell us about this case as i understand that ashelman is back in cumberland county give us some details on this chilling case
1: well mr ashelman is in fact back in the county and he had a first appearance hearing um, earlier this week in district court according to what um, i have found out he was a co-worker of mr chambers and arrest warrants indicate robbery was the motive the warrants say that Mr. Chambers was robbed of $100. I looked Mr. Ashelman up on Facebook, since everyone has a social media account, mm-hmm. um, and I was amazed. There were pictures and posts that indicate Mr. Ashelman is a man of faith. Uh, it also listed his residence as none such Kentucky. Mr. Ashelman is being held without bail in the Cumberland County Detention Center.
0: Did you get any information, Nancy, on, on what led to the break in this case? Why, now three and a half years later, uh, they were able to make a, an arrest in this?
1: I don't know at this point, but I know um, I can say that I was contacted a year or so ago, maybe more than that, by someone who mentioned Mr. Ashelman's name in connection with this.
0: And if you mentioned he, uh, Mr. Ashelman, had a first appearance in uh, the Cumberland County Courts uh, earlier this week. What was that like? And, and, and Mr. Chambers' family was there as well. That that had to be difficult. Mr. Um,
1: Mr. Chambers' mother and father um, both are. They are divorced and both are remarried, but both were there with their spouses. Um, his mother sat on the same bench that I was sitting on and she really just wanted one thing and that was to see the face of the man who killed her son. After the hearing um, she struggled definitely uh, in trying to keep her emotions. Um, Throughout the hearing she just clenched the hand of her husband who sat beside her. Um, The Ashelmans, I'm sorry, um, the Chambers would would like to see justice done.
0: Well, we'll keep you up to date on this case as it works its way through the court system. Our next case involving a Fort Bragg soldier who is accused of attacking a 16 year old girl while wielding an axe, leaving her for dead in a field in Texas. Nancy, the details on this case involving 24 year old private first class Levi Austin Goss. He's charged with aggravated sexual assault on a child and aggravated kidnapping. Just a a bizarre, unusual story out of Texas this week.
1: Well, um, Mr. Goss was, in fact, arrested here in Cumberland County on a fugitive from Justice Warrant from Harris County, Texas, which is where Houston is located. Um, He was wanted there, as you said, for the aggravated sexual assault on a child and aggravated kidnapping. Mr. Goss appeared in court um, and waived his right to extradition. As of today, he remains in the Cumberland County Detention Center, but I'm sure he'll be returned to Texas soon. Um, Apparently, the reports that I've heard indicate that this happened in February of 2013 uh, before he entered the military, and it happened in Harris County, Texas. he is accused of wearing a mask and grabbing a 16 year old girl dragging her into a field raping her and at some point he also was carrying an axe and he hit her in the head with an axe she survived
0: and she she played dead in order to survive and then when uh mr goss uh who has alleged to have been uh committed the crime. When he left, the girl sought help uh, and, and found some help, and its its uh, they were able to start the case there. It's interesting to me, Nancy, you know, they really didn't have anything until DNA came into it with his uh, service in the military. Tell us a little bit about that situation.
1: Well, they have, law enforcement has a system, it's called CODIS, and it's a national database of DNA. And with certain felonies, um, they will take your DNA and register it into this um, database. And so when someone is arrested for a charge in which DNA is required to be taken, it's put into the database. And if if you're already in there um, as an unknown suspect in a case and it hits, that's a match, they will come and arrest you on that charge for that case. Lieutenant uh, John Summerndike in the Special Victims Unit here at the Police Department, he has used that on many occasions to help solve some of the cold cases.
0: It's interesting, I think, to note with this DNA, uh, Mr. Goss's DNA was not in that database uh, you were talking about until uh, apparently he was under investigation for a sexual assault that happened in late 2017 while he was in the Army. That led the Army to put it, his DNA sample into the database, and that led to him being arrested and charged. In this case, uh, uh, according to some reports, he uh, met uh, a gasoline station worker who identified Goss as the man who came in wearing a gray shirt with blood on it in Texas in 2013. So because of a, uh, a situation here in Fayetteville, in Cumberland County, or at least through the military, his DNA was put into that database, and that has led to uh, at least an arrest in the case in Texas. We'll see how that one plays out. Well, Nancy, I'm sure you remember the name Michael Lee Nivens. Others may not remember the name, but the man who is accused of assaulting a Hope County teacher in December is back in the news. Nivens was charged on Monday, February 12th, with breaking into Rayford Hardware on Main Street, stealing 52 guns. That break in took place five days before uh, Nivens allegedly assaulted a teacher at West Oak Elementary at an after-school program. Well, we'll take it in order first. Nancy, first the break-in that Mr. Nivens has been charged with and the stealing of all the weapons.
1: As you said, he's accused of breaking into Rayford Hardware on November 29th and stealing the 52 weapons. That would include handguns, rifles, and shotguns, according to Rayford Police Chief Mark Godwin. Um, he told me that surveillance video showed Mr. Nivens making several trips in and out of the business with, with the firearms. He also took the business cash register, I'm told. Um, but he said that even though it happened in November, they wanted to make sure their case was solid and they knew where he was once he was arrested for the assault on the teacher. And um, Chief Godwin also told me they have recovered some of the weapons, but they are still looking for some, and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms is working with Rayford Police Department to, to try to find these weapons.
0: You mentioned that the break-in at the hardware store was caught on surveillance video. Mr. Nivens also caught on surveillance video just a few days later in early December for the attack on the teacher during the after-school program. Remind us about that case.
1: That happened on December 4th, um, as you can indicate, five days later. Um, Students had been dismissed for the day at West Hoke Elementary School, and there was an after-school program that was operating about 5.40 p.m. Mr. Nivens entered the building through an unlocked door, according to Hoke County Sheriff uh, Hubert Peterkin. When Mr. Nivens encountered the teacher... He asked her about a former employee, and then he attacked the woman with a metal object. They have never said, to my knowledge, what that metal object was, but he struck this woman in the face, the heads, and the hand, the head and the hands, and she underwent surgery at Cape Fear Valley Medical Center. Niven's subsequently was charged with attempted first-degree murder and robbery with a dangerous weapon. He remains in the Hope County De- Detention Center under a $2 million-plus bond.
0: Yeah. if they give you any indication, are, are these cases, the, the robbery at the hardware store and the attack on the teacher five days later, is any indication that they're related or just kind of random? And uh...
1: Not according to the people that I have spoken with. Okay.
0: It's also interesting to note uh, Mr. Nivens, Michael Lee Nibbins, is accused in an unrelated case of breaking into four Hoke County churches' sex offenses to include first-degree rape, first-degree sex offense, larceny of a motor vehicle, and possession of a firearm by a felon. You mentioned he is in the Hoke County Detention Center. Bail has been increased to about $2.5 million now. Well, Nancy, let's talk about some of the stories to update from our first couple of shows that we've done on the podcast here. We want to keep folks up to date on it. Cumberland County Deputy Tajai to Jay uh, Murray, was cleared of any improper actions in a pepper-spraying incident involving student Frank Rivers at 71st High School. That's the finding of a sheriff's office internal investigation. The encounter was captured on cell phone video posted on social media. What isn't these days? That drew the attention to it, led to the investigation. Nancy, refresh our memory a little bit. What exactly happened on February 6th that led to the student getting pepper-sprayed by the deputy? I believe it was
1: after school, and the students were in the school bus parking lot. Um, What I was told was that two girls were getting ready to get in a fight, and the deputy um, went over, and he was able to get the girls separated, calmed down, and they were going on their their separate ways. And Mr. Rivers um, apparently, for some reason, Felt he needed to intervene in this. Um, I don't know why, but he did. And as it is seen on the video, he is pepper sprayed in the face. Um, I would like to say one thing um, is that I understand there are some people who do think that law enforcement officers should be better trained to use pepper spray. And I would certainly say that all law enforcement officers at all agencies that I'm familiar with have undergone the standard um, training for using pepper spray in law enforcement situations.
0: And part of that is I believe you get pepper sprayed yourself. To, yes indeed i have seen that i exactly saw that,
1: that at the yeah. at the police academy you haven't taken part in that no okay. no not yet no well we
0: i'm sure we can arrange that uh, if you would like thanks for that no, update thanks our lead story last week was about a fatal shooting during an attempted robbery of the family lodge townhouse apartments on netherland drive on january 30th just want to bring you up to date on that one the cumberland county district attorney's office has not yet decided on charges if any the Fable Police Department has not filed any charges against Dario Miranda, who shot and killed Jerome Allen. Allen was attempting to rob Miranda's wife, Rebecca Kuman, according to authorities, and forcing her into the home. The FBI did find and arrest Andres Garza in Edwards, Colorado. He was the 52-year-old. He was taken into custody on Friday, February 9th, wanted for his involvement in a Robeson County drug trafficking network. Five Robinson County men have been sentenced and four others are awaiting sentencing in the case. Authorities say all were involved in the operation near Maxton. This was quite the operation. It began in 2015 after authorities discovered more than 2,000 pounds of marijuana sent via FedEx from Mexico to Maxton. The group also was involved in trafficking cocaine and crack as part of a network with ties to North Carolina texas louisiana and mexico according to court documents well nancy i believe that's going to wrap it up for this week thank you so much for your time that's it for edition three of crime time Be sure to tell people about this weekly feature on FayObserver.com. Based on the analytics, it's been well-received. Nancy and I thank you very much for that and for spreading the word about the show. We welcome your comments and suggestions. You can reach Nancy by email at nmccleary at FayObserver.com. That's N-M-C-C-L-E-A-R-Y or on Twitter at F-O underscore McCleary. You can reach me, Sonny Jones, by email at sjones at fayobserver.com or on Twitter at Jones. Again, thanks so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in next time for the next edition of Crime Time.